The new season is almost here and we're back. The Star Isles podcast is here again to give you a weekly Wednesday fix, bringing you all the latest news, forthright opinion and interviews on everything happening at Hillsborough. Joe Cran and Alex Miller are here every week to give you the rundown, plus the odd guest and maybe even me, the Star Sports editor Chris Holt. This week they talk transfers, the shape of the squad and a look ahead to the Carabao Cup tie with Huddersfield Town this weekend. So without any further delay, here's your host, Steve Jones. Hello and welcome to the Stars Owls podcast, back ahead of the new season which officially begins on Sunday when Sheffield Wednesday hosts Huddersfield Town in the first round of the EFL Cup. I'm Steve Jones, one of the Stars sports reporters, and I'm joined by Joe Cran and Alex Miller, our two Sheffield Wednesday writers. I've asked you both this a few times already today. How are you both getting on? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Jolly well, mate. Very excited. Re-energised and, and pumped for, uh, for the start of a new Wednesday season. It, is it He's really excited, isn't he? He does look. Uh, does <laughs> is it me or is his preseason gone incredibly fast? Definitely, yeah. As as me and Alex were talking about the other day, it's just been a bit of a whirlwind, hasn't it, mate? Yeah, I think at the start, it's sort of the, they laid it out, and it was going to be seven matches, and he thought, you know, it's it has gone really, really quickly, and, and a steady diet of of new transfers and all the rest of it after what was well, not a slow start, a, a false start for Wednesday, and uh, yeah, I think that. There's a feeling of a bit of optimism that sort of crept in um, pretty quickly. Every year. <laughs> every year, every single year. We're saying the same thing this stage last season, weren't we? But yeah, I think, um, and for good reason as well, especially with that, that double signing uh, last week. Yeah. It definitely feels like the mood's switched a bit compared to earlier in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think, you know, the, like Alex said, with the slow start, people were a little bit in panic stations about new signings and, no one coming in. Obviously, a lot of people left over the summer. And and for a while, it was just like, are we going to do anything? Or are we just going to, is this it? Is this the squad? Um, but now, um, the signings have been, they've made a really sort of smart signings. They're all players that probably shouldn't be at this level, um, to be honest. You know, they're all players that have had interest from the championship. Some were played in the championship last season. Um, and I think, as Alex mentions there, the, the last three, with Jack Hunt, with with Lewis Wing and, and Bailey Peacock Farrell, the the positivity has, has really ramped up after that one, I think. And now I just get hundreds of messages every day just saying, guys, we signed the striker. We got is anyone have you has anyone heard anything about a number nine? Because that seems to be the I suppose the, the missing link now for a lot of people. And it's hard to disagree with them, to be honest. Yeah. We'll come on to transfers again in a bit. But first you mentioned the seven preseason friendlies. That's a that's a massive schedule. What's your assessment been of uh, of those friendlies and the performances we've seen? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. It, more certainly at the the start of the the program, it was all about you know getting minutes in the legs. The players were given distance targets to run. Uh, certainly, in the first two or three, it, you know, it was two eleven sides of eleven split into forty five. So I'm not sure how much you can take from those. Uh, there were some, were some good performances in there. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, latterly, you know, there's been a couple of games that we've not been able to get to. There's been a couple of games, you know, I think of the Barnsley game uh, that both of us were at, uh, you know, a couple of, of disappointing mistakes really let Wednesday down uh, in an otherwise, I mean, the first half hour of that match, they looked fantastic against. Yeah, they could have had three or four, couldn't they? Yeah, against the championship side, you know, with a, you know, Collie Woodrow played and, and their two centre-halves played and, you know, certainly a strong Barnsley side. But Joe, I mean, you've you've seen... More than me, I've been slacking this preseason. Well, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it, mate? <laughs> so someone's got to do some work around here, haven't they? 
No, it's it's been it's been good. I mean, I've done a few away games and stuff, which has been nice. Purely from a football fan perspective, just knocking off a couple of grounds that I didn't think I'd be going to. Went to Port Vale, that was quite nice. Had a pie, burnt the top of my mouth. All feels like football's back again, you know, getting back to normal. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been it's been good. It, it just feels like, you know, that it's been a slow build up and they've been obviously testing out a few different combinations, a few different formations. Looks like four three three, three four three, and four two three, one of the the sort of the main three that he's looking at for this season. And I think sort of looking at the most recent one, the Port Vale game couldn't really have gone much better. You know, they got a win, some good minutes in the legs of basically everybody, um, a goal for Dominic Orfa, a goal for Fizao Delibashiru. Nobody got injured. And you kind of move into the Huddersfield game on the back of a victory and you've got everyone's played. I mean, Bailey Peacock, Farrell and Lewis Wing, they'd not even trained. They literally, they just met their teammates about two hours earlier um, and then they were straight on the bus and straight off to Port Vale. So um, I think there was all, it was always going to be a bit of a stretch to get a completely um, flawless performance in that game. But um, they were good enough. few players really impressed me. I thought Jack Hunt first half was superb, bombing on down the right, as we've as we've seen Jack Hunt do in the past. Um, certainly didn't look like a player, player who's not had much of a pre-season. Lewis Wing was really tidy and I think Another one that stuck out for me, me and Alex have spoken about him, is, is Mide Shadipo. Um, could be a lot of fun in League One this season. Is he the, the one that's impressed you the most so far then? I'm not sure he's impressed me the most because I think um, you know a couple of the guys have done really well, but he's just, he's got a bit of, um, I saw someone, he's got a bit of Jermaine Johnson about him. He's got a bit of JJ about, he just, just doesn't really seem to be bothered. He'll just run at people. You know, he's not, he's, he's pretty fit. When I say he's not bothered, like he's, He's really fearless. Like he's very direct. He likes to run at people. He likes to go with pace, and he don't mind having a crack either. Um, he nearly scored a belter at Port Vale. Really good save from the, the Port Vale keeper. It's the guy who scored, by the way, the Port Vale keeper. He scored in the in the cup a couple of months back, and he oh, he was really good, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Shadipo was. Uh, he just looks like I say, like I say, he could could just be a really fun player to watch, um, and obviously. He's got League One experience. He knows what this league's all about. He got a lot of goals in this in this division last season. And that's why I think um, I was surprised that he dropped back down here again because I think there was probably genuine interest from in the championship. And um, having someone with this kind of League One experience could be a major boost for Wednesday. Yeah. In your opinion, where do you think the club's at now? I know we've talked about the, the improvement and that change in mood over the last few weeks, but you know, where are they at, at this stage in time? Are they, are they ready for a promotion battle? Oh, you put me on record with this. Um, I, I, I think, look, the, there's been no doubt, I think even before this this sort of glut of transfers that we've seen in the last 10 days or so, that there was no doubt in that the core of, a, of an 11 players was, was you know, there's some players in there that are too good for League One. Barry Bannon, Josh Windass, Dominic Ofer, Massimo Luongo. The, the question was about depth and I think the question was about goals. Um, you know, there's reports about Josh Sims perhaps coming in, I think. Um, Shadipo does offer Wednesday something that we, I don't think we've seen enough of in the last couple of seasons in terms of a player that's going to pick the ball up and run at players and, and just offer that bit of bit of flair and you know everything that we, we wanted to see from someone like Kadeem Harris that that obviously fizzled out. So yeah, I think I think they're in a, a much better place. I think reservations perhaps um, still over, over the goals, but. You know, from what we can gather, the, the club is certainly working very, very hard on that. The, the big blow, of course, is that Josh Windass is, is going to miss the start of the season and it, it could well be 
you know, it's a case of, of weeks rather than just sort of skirting that that first couple of games. So, yeah, uh, you know, they, they certainly need a, a bit of firepower, but they've, they've done good work in, in sort of arresting that and and hopefully there's more to come, um, as we say. I think I think the big thing for me, and it is so powerful, a uh, big club like Sheffield Wednesday, we, we've seen how derailing it can be when things aren't going so well. And it, it is that momentum and that, that sense of good feeling around the club. And I think Darren Moore... Not just from drawing a line from previous regimes in in releasing as many players as he did and and doing so well so far. Touch wood, um, you know, on on the players that he's brought in, but it just feels like there's a steady hand on the tiller a little bit. I don't know about you, Joe. A think... very big steady hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you know, it does it does sort of feel like there is a bit of a sea change now. If you remember this time last season, you know, we, we were talking about. You know the Gary Monk revolution, and, and obviously that didn't transpire. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say a couple of savvy signings, um, and, and and why not? I think you know Wednesday's the sort of club where in League One you can't be aiming for anything else but promotion, um, and and certainly they've done some good works, good work to to try and get to that point. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I agree with Alex. I think. It's almost for me now. It's it's all, almost more important. Um, obviously, a number nine aside, it's more important about who doesn't leave rather than who comes in. I think Wednesday, Wednesday, if you lose players like Dominic Iorfa, Barry Bannon, Josh Windass, obviously Josh has got a bit of an injury now, but you know they're the sort of players that can take you up that level from being a top six team or a mid table team to to challenging. And I think. It's it's very easy to say at this point in the season, but I look at someone like Dominic Kaiofa, and for me, with a player of his ability, I look at him and Barry Bannon, and I go, they shouldn't be looking at being the best players at Wednesday next season. They should be looking at being the best players in the division because they're that good. You know, they they're good enough to be there. They're not League One footballers, um, and when you've got that kind of quality in your side, then you've got to be aiming high. I think um, you, you don't really want to get too carried away with it, but as I mentioned earlier, all the signings that they've made are, I mean, aside from Bailey Peacock-Farrell, who was in the Premier League, and Mide Shadipo, who was championship, who, sorry, was League One, all the others were championship footballers last season. Um, so the fact that Darren's managed to persuade them to uh, to drop down to League One, I think is a massive, um, it's, a, it's a massive sort of boost for him. Um, and me and Alex have said it before, there is an element of Darren Moore being a massive part of this puzzle here. Um, yes, Wednesday are a, historically a big club. Yes, there's the draw of Hillsborough and the draw of the fans and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of these boys are coming to Sheffield Wednesday because they want to play for Darren Moore. And I think that is that can't be understated how important Darren's been in this entire, entire process. I also, the more I deal with him and see how people interact with, with him and vice versa... I, I think he might be the, the the most liked man in football, potentially. It's, it's ridiculous. Like we're after after the Port Vale game on the speaker, and I've never heard it before. And it might just be just I don't know coincidence. But they're like, we just want to thank Darren Moore um, and his team for coming through today. And then afterwards, he's down on the pitch like fist bumping just the stewards and stuff. Like he's he's brilliant. Like he just he just seems like a really down to earth very um, normal guy who's trying to get a job done. And to be honest, based on how things have gone so far, 
I don't think it could have gone much better. Looking at the signings that, that Wednesday have made and the restrictions that they're under and all that kind of business, I just I don't think it could have gone better than it has done. And if they can get a proper number nine through the door who's going to get you 10, 15 goals, I don't see why there's any reason that Wednesday can't, can't make a real push this season. Granted that they don't lose any people, whether that's via transfers or injury or whatever that might be. Yeah, there's one thing I wanted to come on to. But just first, quickly, has it surprised you that the business they've been able to do under the restrictions uh, that are over the club? I, I think it's fair to assume that they've probably missed out on a, a couple with you know how late the uh, the, the embargo or, or whatever you want to call it was lifted. It, it has surprised me a little bit. I think with with all the whirlwind of um, you know the off-field stuff that we've spent all, all summer. Reporting, unfortunately, you know, you do, you do sort of fear a little bit that that perhaps players would be put off by that. Um, and like I say, they've, they've not got all the targets they're after, but I think it goes to show a couple of things. The the power of Sheffield Wednesday is still very much there. You know, the big name, the big fish that they, they are, the, you know, the big, big club, one of the bigger clubs in the championship, of course they were, but you know they're they're a, they're a monster monster club in in league. You, you know the word to use, mate. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> in League One, they're certainly massive. Um, and, <laughs> there it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and and uh, it does feel like I've written it in a piece that's going out this afternoon. It, it does feel like there is finally a clear identity, and that that attracts players as well. It feels like. Darren's got the club moving in a, in a definite direction and, and previous managers have spoken about the need for this. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it, it does feel optimistic, which for, for a long time at Sheffield Wednesday hasn't been the case. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Just from the outside looking in, just the, the mood around fans, um, even engagement with the stories we published at the star, all kind of feels like it's gone up a notch or two. Um, I think it's... Fair to say, it's, it's cautious optimism, but th there's definitely been a, a shift there for sure. Joe, was um, I was going to ask, where are we at in terms of, so they can't pay fees for players at the moment, so any new arrivals are going to be free transfers or loan, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's my understanding anyway, is that there's there's no no fees allowed. Um, so it's, obviously there are certain ways around that. You've seen in the past where people have moved for, you know, they've been under contract, but they've moved for free based on, you know, throwing like a sell-on clause in there rather than a transfer fee and all that kind of business. So it doesn't completely scupper them. And I, to be honest, I think, um, and maybe Alex agrees with me, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing in the current climate with what Wednesday have been through over the last 18 months, you know, what everyone's been through, but specifically Wednesday with the wages and all that kind of business. They are now not just being forced into a, a reset, they're being forced in like a, you know, restore factory settings kind of situation where the wage bill's fallen off a cliff as of the end of this month when they've paid off um, those 13th checks for, for players. And um, with no transfer fees going out, it just feels like they are being forced into a situation where they have to correct themselves, you know, they have to correct the situation. And um, look at the, bit, the business that's been done so far. Um, if we'd had these same players come in and we'd been spending transfer fees, I think I'd still be all right with it. So, you know, the fact that we've managed to get this done under the restrictions that we're under, um, no idea how, they're gonna, how long they're going to be in place. I, again, it's purely speculative, but these things usually last for a couple of windows. 
Um, so I would, I would, if I was a, a betting man, that'd be my sort of guess. But I don't know that for for sure. It's obviously not been released anywhere. But I think you know, if if this is what Wednesday need to get themselves back on the right footing and um and and get back to a place where things start to move move a little bit differently. And Alex did a piece uh, earlier in the week about trying to become a bit more self-sustainable. I think that's something that every single Wednesday I'd want to see because none of us want to see that mess that's just happened over the last 18 months. If I never have to see the word embargo or point deduction again, I'll be very happy. Yeah. Well, six in so far, if I if my maths is right, is that correct? Six new Yeah. 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 No, that's it's all coming to flourish, Steve. It's very difficult to keep track. Yeah. How many more do you think they're going to need? Um, last time I spoke to Darren, I asked him that very question, and he, he very nearly gave us a definitive answer in terms of a number and uh, and backtrack a little bit, so they didn't want to, which is fair enough. Um, I would say certainly a striker or two would be ideal. Uh, maybe some cover, another centre half. Um, you know, it, it does sound very much like you know there's a, a couple of deals close for. a you know, an attacker and a and a midfield man as well. So, yeah, the, I think you know, the, I don't, it could well be as many as that number again. You know, you you, you don't know. It, there really is a, a huge um, turnover of players, and and like we keep talking about this fresh identity. And I think reading between the lines of what what Darren's told us, I think you know, it'd be a case of getting as many bodies through the door as possible. Brilliant. Um, just. There's eight Premier League or ex Premier League clubs in uh, in League One next season, uh, so I just wanted to touch on this. And and there's also a further seven, I believe, who played in the Championship since 2000. Of those clubs and and any other ones that may have caught your attention, who who else should we be looking out for in League One next season? Do you think? And you know who's done some exciting business? I think you can't really look much further than Ipswich in that sense. Um, Ipswich have had a ridiculous window. Obviously, they've had under new ownership, um, new manager came in not that long back. Uh, and they've signed some some really exciting players. I mean, they're spending big money for a League One club, and and I think that there will now be the expectations for for them to to push on. And and I don't think that the the owners of Ipswich probably won't be looking at them and going right. We want we want top six. They'll be looking at the title. They'll be looking at, at really kicking on. Um, Ed Sheeran on the front of the shirt. You know, signing signing these big name players for. For League One, and I think that, yeah, for me, they're they're up there with with the teams that will be pushing. I think it could potentially be a really interesting league this year. I think I saw Wickham just signed Vokes now, yeah. which is a great signing for them. And um, as much as Wednesday have done some brilliant business, I think there's there's been a fair bit of good business done in League One, and I reckon it's probably safe to say that this is the most um, exciting free agent market there's been in a long, long time. Obviously, the the entire landscape of the football industry in, in the UK and across the world has changed. Um, a lot of people cutting costs, so a lot of players being released. And there just seems to be a lot of people available. And I think that as of you know next week, when we turn into August and people don't have to worry about paying wages for July, I think it's going to get busier. And, and I don't just mean from a Wednesday perspective, I think from everybody, I think we're going to see a lot of business uh, in the last month of this window. Um, and because there's so many free agents around, I think that that will stretch into into the season as well. When people start to realise, you know, what they're short of, what they need, 
Um, and there will be players still hanging about without clubs. Um, and, and I think that League One is a, is a sort of a great, um, I suppose, breeding ground for, for those kind of players now. So I, I expect to see a, a sort of a flurry of, of extra transfers coming in League One. And um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of big clubs down there now. It's We talk about Wednesday being a, a good draw card and they, they obviously, I mean, they absolutely are. But you look at Sunderland and teams like that and... <laughs> It it feels like a bit of a, a Premier League of yesteryear um, in in many ways. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I think Sunderland this will be their fourth year in uh, League One, and it's now three years for Ipswich. So yeah, it's, it's by no means a given that um, Wednesday are going to have it all their own way next year. It does feel quite strange that we're talking about this Sunday. It's the season get, actually gets underway officially against Huddersfield. Is that one? Obviously, it's a competitive match that they want to do well in Wednesday. But how seriously do you think they'll be taking that one, or should be taking that one against Huddersfield? Uh, it's we seem to have this conversation every year with the, with the Carabao Cup, and then you know we all say it doesn't matter. They win a couple of games, and you go, "Oh, the momentum from that is going to be really important." So it, it's what it's one of two ways. It really is. I, I look. I don't think it'd be a terrible thing. I think with all the momentum that they've built in the last few weeks, um, you know, dumping out a Yorkshire rival, a championship side, you know, first match back at, at Hillsborough for for so many people, you know, that continuing that that momentum would would be a good thing. Um, and I think I think it'll be treated as the the final preseason match of the year in terms of you know players maybe that have got knocks, you know, maybe. You know, given a bit more opportunity to to sit this one out, and and the players that need a bit of time will will get that. So um, yeah, it'll be a a glorified preseason friendly, but one that you know I, I don't think there's any harm in winning. Joe, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, we we all know that John Rhodes is going to score a trick and we're going to lose three <laughs> now. But well, aside, aside, aside aside from that, um, yeah, no, I think I, I, I'm with Alex. I think it's just one that I can't see that anyone who's carrying a little bit of a niggle is going to be pushed for this game. Uh, it's going to be one of those where if they win, great. If they don't, we move on. I think Wednesday have got far more important things to be focusing on this season than, than progressing in the Carabao Cup. And obviously they're against the Huddersfield side that, um, you know, they're a division above. So it's not like you know, there's any shame in, in losing it. And I, and I think, if we're being honest, if you ask most Wednesdayites, if they'd be that bothered if we lost this game this weekend, I don't think they'd really care too much. Um, obviously, we talk about sort of a winning mentality and there's absolutely no doubt that Darren Moore will be setting his team up to go out and try and win this game. But I think this, it is just one of those where, in many ways, it's just one, one last chance to go right we can put a team out here, we can try a combination or two. If it don't work, we move on. And I think that is really where this is at. It's just one of those games that you have to play it. And, you know, Carabao Cup was a couple of decent results last year with the youngsters and it was it was quite nice. But um, this season, I, I'm if we go out on, on Sunday, I'm absolutely fine with that. And as long as as long as the the whole preseason has served its purpose and we don't pick up any injuries. That's the key, I think. If if someone gets injured against Huddersfield, that'll be a real shame. Um, so hopefully everyone escapes that uns unscathed because for me, that's more important than, than anything else at this point. I suppose this season, back in League One, it, it's all about the Papa John's trophy in many ways, isn't it? 
I mean, that's the big one, isn't it? <laughs> pizza cup. I've I've heard rumours that there's free press box pizza for uh, for attendees. I'll be very upset. I'm doing all those games, Alex. You can. <laughs> <laughs> On injuries, Joe. You mentioned obviously the club don't want to pick up any further knocks. Is there a timescale on Josh Windass? No, they've just said it. it Darren Scott has said a considerable amount of time and that worries me because considerable amount of time is never used if it's just a little bit. Um, you know, I, it's it's just one of those... Ha, hammies are difficult because they can... Because the, the, the frame is so big depending on the grade of the tear because um, you obviously got different levels of sprains and different levels of grades uh, grading. So um, we, you could be talking anything from, you know, three weeks, four weeks to what two months. You know, it's it, it is literally anywhere in that time frame, maybe longer. Um, Darren's been very coy on actually saying what the situation is. Uh, I think that they're probably trying to get a couple of second opinions on it and see where things are at. Presumably, um, this could scupper any potential move for Windass. This oh, week. yeah, that is definitely a possibility. I think. I mean, we've obviously reported Alex and myself that he'll miss the start of the season, but um, whether he'll miss that that sort of cut off for um, for the transfer win at the end of it, I'm, I'm not entirely sure yet. But uh, I, I just, for me, it's just a, a. It's not just a massive blow for for Josh. It's a massive blow for Wednesday because. Wednesday with Josh Windass up top are an entirely different beast, and um, I think it'll be a real uh, it'll be a real shame if he's if he's missing for a substantial amount of time. Just on Windass and, and potentially leaving, is there any further news on any further outgoings? I think there were ten senior players who left in the summer when they were released. Are there more likely to be out? Do you think? I hope not. You know, you, you never know what's around the corner, but from from what we gather from what Darren's told us, and it sounds like they're, they're pretty determined to to hold on to what they've got. You know, the, the only concrete bids from from what we can gather are with the two bids for Windass, and one of those was getting towards a million pounds, which isn't isn't chump change, is it for for what is now unfortunately a League One club? Um, but yeah, you know, all indications are that that they're, they're wanting to hold on. Whether you know, as as the window dwindles down um you know some of the players that we've spoken about they are tested in that transfer market um remains to be seen but you know it, 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 as joe said the the financial landscape of club football in england has changed and you know i don't think a club's gonna wander in with a bit of five million quid for for any of that you know that, that really would force wednesday's hand um so yeah, it'd be interesting. I wouldn't like to say one way or another, but but certainly it's been a little bit quiet so far. The, the other the other thing on that is is it it becomes less about how much a player is worth to another team and how much the player is worth to you. Um, you know, it's all well and good selling Josh Windass for you know, say a bid came in for two and a half million, um, based on the fact that Wednesday can't pay transfer fees. Can you replace him? I mean, I don't know if you're able to replace a player with Josh Windass's quality in League One. Um, same with a Dominic for a Barry Bannon. And I think that the the situation you find yourselves in now as we sort of step into August is that um, when it comes to that last week, if someone comes in and, and does make an offer, say, you know, an offer that you can't refuse for a Dominic Iorfa, how are you replacing him? And that is that is the, the biggest sort of point of this is that, like I say, it's, it's not about how much a player might be worth in the market. It's about how difficult they are to replace. 
Definitely, definitely. Just one final thought. It's Hillsborough this week, this weekend, isn't it? So that'll be the first time in 16, 17 months fans are allowed back in. How much of a boost do you think that? Obviously, we all know it's going to be a huge boost for the any team. I'm going to cry, mate. I think I'm going to get really emotional, I think. Given the fact that relations between the club and its support base yeah. seems to be improving quickly, surely that can only be a positive thing now. Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent you know there's i don't think there's any any debate in that it's um it's been such a long time joe and i have both been on the record and spoken on things like this about the experience of of being in those football grounds incredibly lucky unimaginably lucky to have been there where, where millions of people would have liked to have been watching their team play and but it has been a completely different experience it's been soulless it's debased football for for what it is at its core, it's just a load of blokes kicking a ball about, and, and without the fact that that whole idea of football without fans is nothing. You know, it, it could hardly have been uh, given more of a, a ringing endorsement than than what what's happened over the last eighteen months or so. So yeah, certainly I'm very excited about it, Joe. I I, have you you haven't covered a Wednesday game with fans around, no. have you? So, no, that's what I mean. I think it's going to be like you know, I I came back to cover my football club. You know, I came home to cover the team that I grew up supporting and to have had the year that we've had has been really, really sad. And uh, I mean, I had a little bit of goosebumps the other day when uh, I heard the first Darren Moore gives a wave um, from the from the crowd at, at Port Vale. And, you know, when, when Hayo Silver Lining comes on, yeah, I'll, uh, I might be looking away, Alex. I don't want, don't want you to see me like that. I'm going to film him. I'll film him and put it on Twitter. <laughs> I'll be like that kid, you know, when they carried that little kid out of Hillsborough for the first time, that three-year-old, that's going to be me. Great stuff. I think that wraps up everything just in time for our 30-minute window deadline that we're given for this. So thanks very much for your time, guys. For anyone listening, first of all, thanks for getting to this point. Make sure you follow the Star website, the Star social media channels. Keep up to date in the meantime. Um, and fingers crossed for a win on Sunday. Cheers. <laughs>